Hello again, everybody. It is time once again for the Mainland Podcast, episode 264. I'm Michael Citro. I'm your founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, the SB Nation site covering Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, and all things soccer-related in the city beautiful. Even when those soccer things from the city beautiful suck, uh, I'm joined, as always, by uh, David Rowe up in Tallahassee. Dave, how are you? Um, well, as you mentioned, the soccer things are not good at the moment, so that's a little depressing. But on the bright side, it's supposed to be very nice weather up here tomorrow, so yeah. I've got that going for me. But yeah, I uh, believe the word I used was sucked. Yes. Suck. Correct. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to be... Yeah. More positive than sucked, although I, I am absolutely positive it. that the team sucks right now. I can't argue with your, yeah. you know, conclusion there. Yeah. That's that's for certain. Yeah, uh, I am. I'm not worried about the uh, the journalistic integrity thing here because objectively, right now, Orlando City sucks, Dave, that's, and has yeah, uh, has has sucked for the last couple of weeks. After going unbeaten in seven, the team has lost three straight now and has given up 12 goals in four games uh, and lost three to one on Sunday. They are, are back to the the bad Orlando City that invents new ways to lose, like getting elbowed in the face without a red card and then having that player score two goals against them. Yes, that was a that was a new one, a very interesting one, too. Yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't understand it. But we'll we'll get into all that. There's two games that took place, if you want to call them games, uh, that took place since you and I last uh, did one of these shows. Apologies for the late uh, drop this week, by the way, because it is, eh, I had some stuff going on, and so I had to postpone by a day. But it's not the first time. It probably won't be the last time. I do want to say though, Dave, that before we get into these uh, these recaps, that this podcast will drop on the seventh anniversary of the launch of the mainland so the mainland seven years old today wow that is actually very freaking awesome and we should celebrate that so well we need uh, to celebrate something and it's not the soccer right now so, yeah, the, the Lions played Montreal at home last Wednesday. Then they went to Philadelphia on Sunday. And it's just looking like, and I know it's just a couple of games. It's easy to overreact. Um, Oscar Pereja has not overreacted, at least to this point. Um, we should get a chance to talk to him on Thursday uh, when this drops. But I don't know if I'll be able to be on the call because these things happen while I'm at my day job. And I'm not always able to uh, to tune in, and, and when I am, I'm not always able to do anything more than listen. So I would like to know if, if Oscar Pereja has identified anything either in training or on film that he can correct to make this team stop sucking the way it has the last few games. Uh, I won't put it that way. I will, I will put it a little more diplomatically than that. But I think objectively, if you watch the way that this team has played... There are a lot of concerns right now because the team looked like it started to get healthy. And then, of course, that can't last more than a game, so people started nope. to get hurt again. Uh, but we go to the Montreal game here, Dave, and it's it looked like 
Orlando had an okay start in that game and then gave up a goal a little bit maybe against the run of play. And they're down a goal, and then Nani gets sent off. And then you know that this thing's probably not going to go your way, and then it really looks like it's not going to go your way when they score within 30 seconds of the restart of the sending off and make it 2 nothing. Uh, I will give the Lions credit for battling back a man down to make it 2-2. Yeah. Uh, with uh, both goals scored by defenders. Robin Janssen gets a goal, finally. And Juan gets a goal, finally. And it, it's 2-2. But And people were giving me all kinds of crap on social media because I said the game was over when Nani got sent uh, sent off. And uh, they, they gave me crap when Janssen scored. They gave me more crap when Juan scored. And I said... I said something to the effect of, well, I can see the scoreboard and I can see how much time is left. So whatever, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and also I was watching the game, Dave, because I was watching a very passive Montreal team as the club foots were just knocking the ball around and not seemingly too concerned about attacking because they had a manpower okay. advantage and a lead. Yeah. Which, which makes sense. And then once that lead is gone, then they start attacking again. But they still had that man advantage. And they did. And they scored two more times and win 4-2. The only just the, what, the second, third, second loss at home this season. Second. And the, the I think the first two-goal loss at home for um, Orlando under Oscar Pereja. First multi-goal loss, I believe, uh, other than the playoff loss uh, to, to the uh, New England Revolution, which was kind of like a garbage time goal tagged on there um you're shaking your head at me am i wrong i believe they lost to red bulls at home two to one back in july that's a that's a single goal loss oh sorry i thought you meant the other <laughs> team scoring multiple goals my bad. no 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 uh multi-goal loss yes multi-goal. Uh, I think, yeah. yes okay i th- i believe it's the only one in the regular season that like i said they did lose to uh new england worse uh in the playoffs but uh, or not worse, the same, I guess. But <laughs> regardless, this team's not playing well right now. There's nobody scoring goals that should be scoring goals. It's all defenders all the time. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the Philadelphia game. Uh, your back line can't be responsible for scoring goals, especially when they're giving up a lot of goals. No, no, they cannot. And, you know, you're talking about a team that early on in the season was number two defense in the league, the entire league, not Eastern Conference, the entire league, and has now shipped 12 goals in three matches. That's not good. No. And much of this season, this team has given up one goal or no goals uh, when they've had any semblance of a back line and, and Pedro Galese in there. And they mm-hmm. have had that the last couple of games. They've had their starters have been available to them. And... Yeah, it just hasn't been working out. They, in, in fact, went five across the back for Philadelphia, which, again, we'll get to. So uh, the the Montreal game just kind of came out of nowhere. The Nani sending off was – the second yellow was stupid because he knew he was on a yellow. He was on a yellow because of Juan screwed up a free kick. Uh, they tried to, some weird training ground free kick. And it just gets poked out in front. And Nani's got to try to get the, to the ball before the defender gets to the ball and starts the break. He gets there late. He gets a yellow card. And then he gets the second yellow card, like, I don't know, about eight seconds later. 
Yeah, <laughs> the, it, the, it was not long. No, and the second one was completely his fault because a he's the one that turned the ball over, and secondly he's behind a guy. You can't you can't foul Kyoto when you're behind him on the break when you're on a yellow card. You're just going to have to deal with it and hope your defense and hope uh, Pedro Galese gets it done and uh, and they don't score on the counter because you can't put your team in that situation. And then, of course, it went from bad to worse later in the game when Andres Perea got sent off. And, you know, you, you, you always hear the old proverb, uh, don't let a team beat you twice. This was exactly what Orlando did because now Nani and Perea are not available for Philadelphia because of the red cards. Yeah, yes. it's There's been a absolute uh, avalanche of injuries and cards, red cards, yellow card accumulation. It's, you know, we had Pereira out for a, a match on yellow card a couple games before that. And now two red cards here. And then as we'll get into later, more red cards and yellow card accumulation. Yeah, so, well, we had Urso out in the Atlanta game because of yellow card yeah. accumulation. And that was the first of the three losses. Yep. And you're missing, you know, you, you go down a couple men, you lose to Montreal, then you're you're down two men when you go to um, Philadelphia. But you're also down more men than that because Mueller got hurt in that game as well against Montreal. And mm-hmm. he was only on the pitch. He came on in the 41st minute and he left at halftime. If there hadn't been five minutes of first half stoppage time, he would have played about four, uh, four to five minutes instead of nine. But uh, he yeah. came on, uh, Vanderwater was hurt, had to come off. He was able to at least play against Philadelphia. But you get uh, Mueller to come on in the 41st minute. He instantly starts falling down all over the pitch. And this has been a problem, the, this game. It, yeah, it, there were other guys falling down. And, and you should never have worse footing on your home field than the other team. So I don't know if it's the kit man. Maybe we got to get Nate the Great in there. Yeah, Nick Great know. or the kid that took over for him, whoever, somebody. <laughs> Somebody's got to go into the shoe yeah. room and get some better shoes. Go to the boot room, get better boots. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, it was uh, it was a crap game. It was any game that you get somebody sent off in the first half, it just ruins it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, like I said, despite the fact that they came back and tied the game, they were not in that game. Montreal was not playing at that point and it was almost inevitable that they would give up at least one goal and they gave up two and uh, then they started playing again and it really was no no problem at all for them to to go on and win the game four to two um do you have a man of the match i i've got to give it to the beefy swede roman jansen gets his first goal i know ruan got his first goal too but man we were really waiting on that that roman one so for me he he gets it if nothing else for the goal but also you know, he he did do some decent things on defense as well. So for me, the beefy Swede. Yeah, Juan was had about four or five awful minutes in that game. So he was never even in consideration for me, uh, even though he did score a goal in this game. Um, I'm giving it to the viewers who had to sit there and watch that game. <laughs> that's okay. that's my uh, man of the match because I was one of them, and I didn't want to be in the stadium at that point. I was just like... <sighs> All right, let me yeah. start writing this loss up. Yeah, we were both ready on that one because I had to. I had to do player grades and, and man of the match, mm-hmm. which when a match like that, that's not that's not fun. No, it's not. And 
you know, it would have been really cool if they'd come back being down a man and won it three to two. But I never thought that was a likely scenario. It was it was possible. But again, once Montreal started playing, they put on a couple of uh, energetic substitutes to go up against a ten man team. It, it was just not uh, it was not going to be their night. And this has not been a team Montreal team that's been great on the road. They've they weren't in great form coming into this game. Uh, they were okay in okay form, but they had lost their most recent game. And um, yeah, not not a game that you can lose um, after losing that Atlanta game as bad as they did. And then. They go to Philadelphia on Sunday, and thank God I had a concert to go to over in Clearwater because I didn't have to actually <laughs> watch it live. I could only you know come back and pick it up and just kind of skim through it. Uh, but it was another just not good enough performance. When I saw the lineup, I just said maybe they get a nil-nil draw. They're not starting DK. They're starting five at the back. They're clearly playing a defensive posture for this game without Nani. Um, no Perea. They got to play Desart because still got injuries. You got Rossell back injured. You got no Sevis Mendez yet. Uh, no Mueller for this game. It was never looking good, and it was not. Uh, this was a, <laughs> a, a a tough one to swallow when you. You think Casper Shabilko will be sent off for an elbow? He's not. I don't know how VAR uh, players or, or review officials are trained, but I think they should be trained that when an elbow is thrown, you give a red card. I, I actually have a friend who is a Union fan, and he he didn't watch the the match because he was um, he was doing something with his family, and I didn't know that, but I texted him. I'm like, uh, so he should be that should be a red card, and he's like, what are you talking about? And I, when I texted him, he goes, yeah, you can't do that. So even a Union fan agreed that yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. So you know what else you can't do is you can't give up three goals. Um, like Orlando did in this game. Uh, Juan scores for Orlando, so he goes from never looking likely to score ever in his life to scoring in back-to-back games. Uh, The problem here, Dave, is uh, you don't have Tesho scoring, you don't have Daryl DK scoring, you don't have Mauricio Pereira scoring, you don't have Benji Michel scoring, you don't have the guys scoring that are getting paid big bucks to be scoring. Correct. So they're not scoring. Shabilko's scoring. He's scoring two goals in the second half to uh, to put his team back in front 2-1 and then to win it 3-1. And uh, the third one, of course, uh, coming on a penalty as Antonio Carlos now gets sent off and will sit for a game. Because we can't have nice things. And can't even have things. <laughs> no, that's not true. We can have as many uh, cards as we uh. like. Yeah, it's it's getting it's getting ridiculous. It's getting. Um, I even said I think in the Montreal game there was a, a moment where uh, Antonio Carlos was lucky not to get a yellow card as uh, he was called for a foul, and then he picked up the ball and kind of threw it away in disgust. You can see that there is a growing um, sense of frustration on the team because they're not able to put it all together and they're not able to do the things that they were doing previously. And I don't really know what the answer is here other than 
all teams go through lulls and they have to play through it and get back to doing what they do best and, and rededicate themselves. It's not too late. Uh, I know everybody's worried now if they're even going to make the playoffs. I'm not concerned about that yet at this point, but they definitely got to get things turned around. And it's not going to be very easy to do that this weekend because they're going on the road to the best team in, in the league. Yeah, yeah, not an ideal time to head to New England, but mm-hmm. that's the schedule. That's the schedule. You have to go up and play on plastic grass against the best team in the league uh, without Antonio Carlos, uh, without any number of injured players, and who knows how many that'll be by the time we get to the weekend. Um, but yeah, three to one union. Not going to really harp on it. I think we've already spent enough time. Uh, it would be the Orlando City uh, minute at this point, the way that they played the last three games, but. We went a little beyond that. So uh, you got a man in the match for Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Uh, I'll go with Mauricio Pereira. Um, You know, he had some some decent passes, especially setting up the the goals uh, or the goal. But it's um, yeah, that that's, you know, you're you're trying to choose out of a, a heaping pile of stuff. And that's not easy. All right. I'll make it. I'll make it unanimous on Pereira for the Philly game, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not concerned. I'm, I'm or I'm not. Uh, I'm not 100 sure that anybody deserves man of the match the last three games for Orlando City. It's it's just been a yeah a big pile of dung uh, laid by a team that really should be better than this. But I think there's been some unrealistic things also said on social media about this team. There's still the fact that they cannot get their freaking starting 11 on the field all at the same time. Yes, they have more of them than they had. They have, uh, but guys keep coming in and going out and coming in and going out. They need to get those 11 on the field and then play three or four games together to get their cohesion back together. You can't just throw them in together and it's going to be instantly better. It's it's There's just been too many different lineups, too many different uh, situations and I don't. I just don't see how you can get any continuity going. And I think Pereira has done a pretty good job this year of of getting what he can out of the ever changing lineups. And and the fact that some of the guys that have been around have been in terrible form for the entire year. Some of them are in terrible form for parts of the year. But Chris Mueller has been pretty bad, with the exception of a four game stretch this year. You've also got. You're not getting a lot out of Benji these days. Um, Tesho's fallen off after having a pretty decent first half, regardless of what people think and how, how, uh, everything's his fault. He still had a pretty good first half of the season and he's just not done much lately either. And what I continue to think is that everything right now that's going wrong starts in the midfield, both in the attack Mm -hmm. and in the defense. It's not good enough in the middle of the pitch. And I don't think it's any you know, coincidence that it's not been good in the middle of the pitch when you have not had Sebas Mendes for a long time since Kyle Smith stomped on his foot. Yep. And which is, by the way, the one the one reason why I don't think Kyle Smith should be the answer for anything right now is he cost his team <laughs> Sebas Mendes for half the season. Um, but it's that, it's that 
people are trying too hard to do too much in the midfield to help the attack because the attack has been bad and that is causing problems at the back. So I think the midfield needs to get its act together because I still think this team is a very good back line. And you, yes, you may have to go back to winning 1-0 games and 2-1 games uh, or getting 1-1 or 0-0 draws. But if that's how you get your points, take them how you can get them because this is crunch time. We're in the final third of the season here and every point matters. Correct. And, you know, you mentioned the midfield affecting either side of the pitch and, and not being, if you can't control the midfield, you can't control the attack either. You're not going to be able to get, you know, balls in. You're not going to be able to, you know, break the lines. So th- that contributes as well. You know, the even Mauricio Pereira, who I just mentioned, has had too many times where he's been dispossessed because he just wasn't paying attention He's standing there looking, and usually he has much better situational awareness, but guys are just coming and taking the ball off his feet, and that mm-hmm. can't happen from your DP. Yeah, and not, and not only that, it, it also speaks to a lack of communication on the pitch. A simple man-on, a yeah. simple man-on yell that my kid had been doing since she was playing as a five-year-old um, will let your teammate know, hey, protect the ball, there's someone coming. Yep, and it's just happened too many times this season, and and enough, and it's happened enough that I've noticed. And if I'm not saying that I'm dim with it, but you know, there's a lot to look at in a, in a match. And if something like that is happening enough that I I make a mental note of it because I know I'm going to have to talk about it or write about it, then it's happening too much. Yeah, it's happening too much. A lot of stuff's happening too much. The the best players on this team are not playing their best, but. You know, I've seen a lot of people saying things like, this team should be a contender, they shouldn't be playing like this, and they should be one of the best teams in the league. And I'm saying, based on last year, they should be a playoff team. Every other team in this conference got better. This team is only on two designated players, did not make a significant move in the transfer window in the summer. This team was let down by the front office. And I don't know if it's because of the ownership change or they couldn't identify players that they wanted to bring in in that window for the price that they wanted to pay. I don't have that answer, but I know that they did not do enough to make this team better and to shore up the weaknesses that the team had. The one thing they did need was more help at fullback. They brought in Emmanuel Moss. Um, But that was it. That's the only midseason move they made. Even when they knew they had deficiencies, even yeah. when they knew that Alexander Pato was not somebody they could rely on to come back and help the team. So I don't understand why a move wasn't made, but a move wasn't made. They didn't sell Daryl. Um, I don't know what's going on with Chris, but it's not been good enough. I don't know if he's if he's feeling pressure because he wants to get over to Scotland and and maybe he wants to prove to them that they didn't waste their money and maybe he's trying too hard. I don't know, but it's not working right now. And most of what's not working is the stuff going forward. And so that's creating issues with the midfield because the midfield is trying to help with that. And now they're getting caught out and they're getting overrun. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you mentioned, not having said this and having a, a, ridiculous turnover rotation however you want to put it in the defensive midfield uh with different players out on injury and or you know yellow card accumulation you know or so not being in there when when you don't have Sevis Mendes and, and Junior Urso in the match 
that creates problems in the midfield. And that's nothing against the guys who are stepping in. You know, Desart has done well for coming in the way he did. I'm not saying that he's been excellent, but he's improved most of the matches and, and he's now at least serviceable, but serviceable is not getting it done right now. And they got to, somebody has to, somebody needs to take it to the next level. Actually, many people need to take it to the next level. Yeah, Joey came in and he wasn't quite up to speed his first couple games. Then he had some games where he really looked good and was getting better. But the more games you play, the more tape you leave. And the more tape you leave, the more people can study what your weaknesses are. And then they make an adjustment to that and make you look bad. And then you have to make the next adjustment back to that. And and also, Joey's been playing banged up um, the last few games because he's been one of the few bodies that could actually uh, put a shirt on (laughs) and and walk out on the pitch. Uh, There's not enough of those right now, especially on the defensive side. It was a this season. It started like a very deep defensive midfield, and it's kind of just been decimated. And it doesn't get any better when. When Junior Urso is getting yellow card accumulation and and guys are getting sent off, um, but you you and I have talked about this ad nauseum. The the only bite in the central midfield comes from Junior and Sebas, uh, and Uri can give you a little bit of it, but he's not those guys. He's not the right. same as those guys. But he at least has the veteran presence, like we talked about when he came in against Atlanta, and he was one of the few midfielders that actually made Atlanta turn around and play negative balls and was like, okay, that that's different. That's at least something good. <laughs> and, <laughs> Can we have anybody else do that, please? Yeah. yeah. It hasn't been good. And this team needs Sebas Mendes healthy quickly. Um, they need to get Sebas and Junior back in that central midfield together. And um, if, if they don't get that, they, then they at least need to make sure that the guys who are on the pitch are not trying to do too much in the attack and take it if they only score one goal in a game and and don't try to do too much and leave the back exposed and leave the team, you know, vulnerable to counters and transition goals. And, and the, and the other guys have to do better at maintaining possession. And we've seen far too many errant passes and bad touches in the last three games uh, from everybody. Pereira, you mentioned Nani's done it. You know, that's, partly why he got a suspension and obviously Benji has had some heavy touches in there. Vandervater's had some heavy touches in there. It's not been, it's not been sharp up top and um, you know, big Daryl's got to get his scoring boots on again because it's been a few games. Yeah. Basically everybody's got to clean up their stuff. That's yeah. really what we're saying. Just, just clean it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I had, uh, I had one person at, we talked about, you know, is is this um, is this an ownership thing? Did the owners do something? It's like no, the owners didn't do anything. They're not even. I mean, when the owners took over, when the Wilfs took over this team, they had just played the first game of that seven-game unbeaten streak. So they had six more games without a loss after that, and over the course of what a month and a half. Yeah. And then, you know, the, these, the Wolves, it's not like the Wolves are in the locker room. They're hardly ever even in town. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, uh, it's not that. Anyway, it needs to get fixed. Uh, Oscar Pereja looks extremely um, frustrated. We've been having to wait for his press conferences after games longer and longer, presumably because he is addressing his team. Or, or just trying to decompress and needs extra time. I don't know what it is. Um, 
is there something going on on in the locker room? I don't know. It's we maybe we'll find out more at the end of the year. But I will say this: there's a lot of contracts up at the end of this season, mm-hmm. and a lot of those contracts are not going to be picked up or or new contracts offered for some of these players if they don't prove that they belong here. And that's a lot of money that can be spent somewhere else because I believe Pereira and Nani are both up at the end of this season. Um, I'm not sure if Junior is one of those players. I have to go back and look at my uh, spreadsheet. But uh, there's some guys out there that are, are costing the team some money. And if they're not going to produce, they're, you know, they're, they're replaceable. Yeah, and there's money, uh, not only is there money there to be spent, but, you know, one of the things we've talked about with the Wilfs is they got money. Yeah, and they're willing to spend it on players. Yeah, so this team could look very different next season. We Mm -hmm. will see. But like you said, if if you're you're playing for your paycheck, you know, hopefully uh, we need Nate the Great to go in there and go, somebody needs to show him the paycheck. (laughs) Yeah, we we talked about, earlier in the year and and I think that I've been pretty consistent saying this is a team I thought could uh, finish pretty high in the Eastern Conference table and they've they've shown that this year they've shown the ability to remain up near the top of the table even when they didn't have healthy bodies on Mm -hmm. the pitch Um, it does catch up to you after a while if you don't have your best players on the field game after game eventually it does catch up to you but um, especially when you're playing a harder part of your schedule and that's what they're in right now they're in a more difficult part of the schedule so I always thought this was a team that could finish near the top of the Eastern Conference and if they got hot in the playoffs they could make a run and, and be in contention for MLS Cup but I didn't like the fact that they went into the season with only two DPs and never added anything during the season so if you are saying this is one of the best rosters in MLS I have to disagree with you. I have to think it's a second-tier roster. Yeah, I would say it's maybe a, a higher, you know, higher up in the second tier. But yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's not. They're not right now, and it's it's being proven right now. They are not one of the best teams in MLS. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's a lot going wrong right now, and we've talked about that. You know, if you want a glimmer of hope, if you want you know something to hold on to. Things are cyclical. It could be, and this would be great if it happens, but it could be that they get every people start coming back, they clean things up, guys get hot all at the right time at the end of the season to make that run you were talking about. That could happen. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it will, but that's something that can happen. And, you know, we saw the mental toughness of this team last year. And, Oscar Perea has a very good coach and I think he can do it whether, you know, whether the guys respond, whether the on the field product improves, it's, it's certainly possible under his leadership. We just have to see if the guys continue to buy in and, and climb up out of the hole they're in. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the important thing is to see if, see what the response is. It's, it's adversity, and you want to see how your team deals with adversity. And so far, they haven't dealt with it well, but Saturday is another chance to do that against a team that this is this is the measuring stick this year in MLS. If you go out and have a good game against them, 
you know, that could be a springboard confidence-wise. Even if they were to lose like a 2-1 game or a 1-0 game on Saturday, I think it would still be a step in the right direction because they have been really lost the last few weeks. And and uh, I just want to see a game where they look organized. And even if they don't get all the breaks, they stay in the game and they, and they, they play either from a a position of they're either in the lead or they're tied for much of the game because we haven't seen a lot of that in the last few weeks. No, we haven't. So, and we'll get into that more later. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's all I want to say about the, the lions. It's probably more than I wanted to say about the lions when we signed on, but yep. that's where we're at right now. We, uh, of course, we'll come back in at the end of the show. We'll give our, our predictions, our key matchups for the game against the New England Revolution, the Revs, who are getting a new patch because, uh, you know, reasons what? the team is good is going good now. So you got to change their their whole branding, and uh, and you know worked wonders for Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we'll do that a little later in the show. Uh, we will also do our uh, mailbag. We've got some mailbag questions, mostly in the email this week. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the U.S. Women's National Team. We're going to get to all of those things right after this. And we're back. And Dave, there was no Pride game this week. The international break was upon us, and the United States women's national team played a pair of friendlies against Paraguay, and it was no trouble. It was no trouble at all. No. Uh, they just went out and won nine nothing and eight nothing in those two games. I believe were the scores, and the first game, the Prides, uh, Alex Morgan did not start. She came in off the bench in the second half and had a couple of a couple of shots that were cleared off the line. Uh, and Carly Lloyd scored five goals <laughs> and, uh, and another one that was offside that didn't count. And, uh, in the second game against Paraguay, which just took place last night on Tuesday, as we record this on Wednesday, uh, Alex Morgan scored a hat trick for the U S women's national team. So, uh, yay for Alex getting back yay. in the groove, which is nice because they're going to need Alex. Uh, the, the pride are going to need Alex against, OL rain on Sunday on the road. That is going to be the most difficult of the remaining games for the pride. They do still go to Chicago to play the red stars. Um, but, uh, and they go to Louisville, but I, I think that of the, of the remaining opponents, that's the one really, that's the most, um, uh, I guess nerve wracking is a good word for it. It's like, uh, they haven't done well out there. Uh, but if they go out there and get a point, uh, that would be a very, very big point here as we head into the final stretch of the Pride season. And uh, they will want Alex Morgan in, in fine form. And since she just scored a hat trick, I think it's safe to say that she's uh, she's doing okay right now. Yeah, she is. And um, got to watch, you know, those matches. And it was it's a little weird watching matches that are nine zero and eight zero, but uh, you know, it's, it's fun to see who scores and, you know, you're wondering on the second one, if they're going to match the first one, you know, they're going to do nine again. Um, <laughs> it's, 
it's an abundance of, of good things that we didn't have elsewhere. So I kind of, you know, it was a nice orange sorbet, you know, palate cleanser for yeah. the, uh, for the soccer, but uh, you're right. Uh, you know, having Alex back and, and hopefully her and Sid getting into a rhythm is the, they're going to need to score some goals out there and uh, they're going to need it from those two. Yeah. It's good to see you know, a lot of people are like, why are these games taking place? Um, what purpose do they serve? Well, primarily there are a lot of teams in the world that can't get games and they need to play. And so if they can come in here and play here, that's good because a, they get to get competitive games in B, they get to measure themselves against the best team in the world, arguably, even though they're not ranked number one right now after the Olympics, but, um, it's good for them and it's good for the U S to continue to stay busy and to continue to get time together. And this is, a, again, this, these are like post, it's just like a post Olympic little window here. And then what you're going to see is these are going to be some players that are rotating out. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're, they're basically getting their send off. Now, some of these players, obviously, Carly Lloyd's already announced her retirement. We've, we've got others that probably won't be here uh, for the next World Cup. They won't be with the team anymore. And it's good to see younger players like Macario and like Sophia Smith get out there and get a chance and get some games, get some, some competition uh, under their belt. Even though these teams aren't necessarily a good um, test, it's still good for them to go out and play and to get to know their teammates and to get to know their tendencies and that kind of thing. And, and yeah, and they also get paid to go play these games. So that's good for them too. Yeah. And you know, they get time. You, you talked about some of the players that are going to be on their way out, like O'Hare and, and Lloyd. Um, these younger players get time with these players who have been the best in the world for a very long time. And, you know, that type of, that type of experience and in, in getting to learn from that, you know, those players, that's, that's no small thing. Yeah. So it could be worse. They could have piled on and scored probably 20 goals if, in that game if they wanted to the other night. But, um, you know, they take it easy after they get, they get it up near double digits. Just, they start to, <laughs> to yeah, it's yeah. like, all right, we don't have to really send so many people forward on set pieces and that kind of thing. Um, so anyway, uh, it was good to see the U.S. get a couple more wins and, you know, obviously it's great to see Alex Morgan get a hat trick. So uh, congrats to Alex. Absolutely. All right, Dave, let's get to our mailbag. We've got mail. And Yay. people people like to ask us things, and they ask us anything. And we'll give them an answer. It doesn't matter what you ask us. It could be soccer-related. It could be Orlando City, Orlando Pride. It could be some other league. It could be not soccer-related at all. Just, yeah, uh, really just ask us. Yeah. That's what. That's why they call it "Ask Us Anything," and mm-hmm. you can ask us two ways. Uh, there's lots of ways you could ask us, but these are the two ways that you're probably the most likely to get a response. And that is uh, number one: hit us up on Twitter at the Mainland and use the hashtag #AskTMLPC, or hit us up in our email by emailing us at themainland at gmail dot com. And uh, I believe uh, we have the most email letters questions that we've, <laughs> that we've ever had. Let's start it off with Samuel Atkinson. Hello, Samuel. Uh, Samuel says, uh, Mueller, this was the Montreal game. 
Mueller comes in for five minutes, slips all over. Moss was slipping. Benji and DK2. Has someone else taken over the duties of keeping the pitch? I have never seen it that bad. P.S. Don't forget to register for your license plates. That's right, the Orlando City license plates. Get your uh, get your uh, OCSC plates. Uh, I would say no. Someone else has taken over the duties of the pitch, actually, because um, the pitch man or the, 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 the groundskeeper went to Inter-Miami because all employees of Orlando City are contractually obligated to go and work for Inter-Miami at some point. So, uh, yes, there's a new groundskeeper, but the slipping is is a little concerning because only one team did it. Yeah, so uh, I didn't see a whole lot of didn't see didn't see a whole lot of the Montreal Clubfoots. Um, and why I call them that is because they ridiculously changed their name from the Montreal Impact to Club de Foot Montreal, and I say they're the Clubfoots as a result. So Clubfoots uh, were not falling all over the place like Orlando City players were, and uh, I'm guessing that on one of those slips is how uh, Mueller tweaks his ankle. Yes, yes, indeed. And as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, it's it's got to be the kit man. Come on, kit man. Let's, get your uh, boots. Get the right boots out there. Get the right spikes on them boots. Come on. If you can't even stand up, you can't score a goal, unless you're Benji Michel, who falls down when he scores goals. Yes. So but you can't fall down falling. before you score the goal. That's the problem. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, question from David Victor. Uh, hello, Michael and Dave. It was a hard week for soccer. Football is death. So I figured I'd ask about movies instead this week. What is your favorite opening scene in a movie in regards to setting the tone, special effects, etc.? The Matrix, The Godfather, Citizen Kane, something different. Uh, what do you think, Dave, the best opening scene in regard to setting the tone? Um, having not had a lot of time to think about this, I'm going to go back to one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm going to say Star Wars. Um, you know, we, we start not only with just the scroll itself, but then the, you know, the Imperial cruiser. Space uh, battle. Star, Star, Star Destroyer going after the, the small light cruiser, and, and you got the whole hallway battle scene, and you're introduced mm-hmm. to Darth Vader right away. I mean, that's, yeah. that's all one big scene, and it. It's fantastic. So Droids are getting off- into escape pods. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that happens there before you know we get a break. I mean, you know, Darth Vader's choking guys and holding them up in the air. It's there's a lot there. So I'm gonna go with Star Wars. Yeah, I that's the, exactly the same first thing that I thought of was uh, Star the original Star Wars, which they're now the kids are calling Episode Four: A New Hope. But back in the day, it was the only Star Wars, so it was just called Star Wars. <laughs> it was just Star Wars. So, yeah, so for Michael and I, it's Star Wars. Yeah, uh, I, that's the first one I thought of as well. And I believe another good one would be Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, with, uh, oh, no, Thor's trapped in the cage. Yeah, it's going to tell you that it's, it tells you right up front that it's going to have humor more so than the first couple of Thor movies, and it's going to be action-packed. Uh, and I think it set a good good tone uh, for the rest of that movie. So I'll go with, with that one just to be different. Um, but Star Wars was the first one I thought of as well. So thank you, David Victor, for the question that got us away from soccer for a few seconds there. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Tiger Tamer 33 would like to know, with a stretch of difficult games ahead of us, 
I don't have any difficult games ahead of me. I don't know about you, Dave. Um, do you see Orlando <laughs> watching that might be hard? Yeah. Uh, do you see Orlando dropping below the playoff line at any point? Also, do you think that Pato, the long lost duck, will ever play for Orlando again? Okay. Um, while I think it's possible that they could drop below the line, I don't actually think they will. And the um, you know, go check out my article that uh, should be out uh, the same day that this podcast is, and you'll see some of my reasons for having hope. Um, you know, I, I lay it all out in there, but basically... A new hope? Uh, yes, right. It's, <laughs> it is a new hope. Um, you know, it's a lot of what I mentioned earlier. This this team has faced some adversity in the in the past. They are a tight team. I think they just they got to get their heads on straight. Mm-hmm. And Oscar Pereja is an excellent coach. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be you know positive and say that no, they don't they don't drop below the line. As far as Pato, which is almost like positive, but uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears and say, yeah, I don't know that we see Pato unless it's coming in once the Lions are in the playoffs. But even then, if they've hit a run of good form, I don't know that, you know, they'll bring him on. So we, we may not. Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, we'll, I'm going to give you a little wishy-washy answer to your first question. Do, do I see the Orlando dri- dipping below the playoff line at any point? It depends. It depends on if this is a mental issue or if it's just a poor run of form. If it's a poor run of form, yeah, I don't think they're going to drop below the playoff line at any point. If this is a mental thing or a, a locker room issue, we don't know that it is. We don't have any evidence of that. We haven't heard even any rumblings of that. But if it is um, a leadership issue or a mental issue, um, then, yeah, it's possible. And the appropriate changes will be made in the off season. Um So we'll see how that goes. Um as for will Pato ever play for Orlando again, I'm still optimistic that at some point he will be healthy and he will get on the field again. And I I, I understand the frustration that a lot of fans have with him. Um, just take your frustration level, multiply it by about 60 million, and now you know what the player is feeling. Correct. Uh, this is not a guy who's here to go on vacation Go to Disney. Yes, he's going out and about because he's going about his life. Uh, but that doesn't mean he's healthy enough to play in a soccer game. And yes, we have heard some news about some, not anything that we can, that's on the record. But yeah, we've heard some issues, uh, you know, that he's come back from the knee and had some other uh, setbacks. Uh, nothing serious, but they're time consuming. You know, anytime you get a soft soft tissue um, injury, you know, some people bounce back from them in a few days. Some people it takes a couple weeks and it depends on the injury and the nature of it and the severity of it. So, yeah, I could, I can go to Disney, but I can't play in the soccer game. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, the other thing too about it is that we don't have a lot of transparency from the club when it comes to injuries. So we can't really be any more specific than that. So, that's where part of the frustration comes in too. If they had, if, if somebody had come out and said, Hey, we, you know, Pato was at training and cause we've heard reports of him being back to full training on multiple occasions now. And he came back and, uh, you know, had a quad issue. Well, we know quad issues can take 
a month to heal. We've had players take longer than that to come back from quads before. Hi, Krishna Gita, how are you? How are you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's 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 frustrating, but you're not the guy that it's happening to. Uh, if think about when you're hurt, do you like it? Is it fun for you? Probably not. And so, if, and if it impacts <laughs> your job, you definitely yeah. don't like it. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who came here on a contract that wasn't even targeted allocation money level. It was with incentives. He's played less than ninety minutes. Do you think how many how many of these incentives do you feel like he's hit? I think maybe none or maybe one. If he hadn't if he had an incentive to play in one game or more, then he's hit that. But other than that, he hasn't hit anything. No, he has not. So yeah, you're right. It's affecting his bank uh, bank account as well. So uh, you don't like being hurt. You don't like money being taken out of your pocket. So let's not assume that he's just. Uh, laying in a hammock with a a fruity drink with an umbrella sticking out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Which sounds pretty good right now. (laughs) It it really doesn't. I also just thought about uh, a cartoon duck laying in a hammock with a fruity drink. Yeah. Uh, All right. Tiger Tamer 33 asked a second question. All right. Uh, He said, over the weekend, I went to the Philly game. I'm I'm so sorry. Oh, man. So sorry. sorry. Uh, he said the crowd was overall underwhelming. What stadiums in MLS do you think have the best overall atmosphere? Um, for me, this is a tough question because I haven't been in all the MLS stadiums. Uh, I I don't feel like you can get a sense of the atmosphere without being there most of the time. I will say Seattle and Portland seem like they're very, very uh, good atmosphere-wise. Um, yeah, that's what I thought of. I think... From what I could tell on broadcast, Audi Field uh, from D.C. sounds like it's a good place. Uh, Rio Tinto seems like a good atmosphere. Um, but I haven't been to any of these places. The only building other than ours that I've been in, um, in MLS, is the old Crew Stadium. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and it was fine. There you have it. Yeah. yeah. Nord- Nordeca, it was good. Uh, do you yeah, have I... any other insight? Have you been to other stadiums? I have not. Um, those are, I mean, I've been to, I've been to places where other teams play, but I was there for football games, uh, American football games, not soccer matches. So um, I'm looking at you, Atlanta. <laughs> but uh, anyway, no, I, I think those are some good picks. I, I definitely Seattle and Portland were the first two I thought of as well. And, you know, I, we've heard that uh, Exploria stadium is a, is a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that the crowd does a good job. And we've heard that not just from MLS, but also from international plays. So, yep. you know, good job to good job to our supporters. Yeah. And even when the stadium isn't full, it still has a very good atmosphere. It's still very loud. And, and it sounds mm-hmm. like there are more people there than there actually are. So uh, I wouldn't worry too much about going there on Sunday to Philly and not having a full house. It's uh, their their season has been a little tough to this point. They were below the line coming into Sunday's game. And. Um, we're in a pandemic. There's a lot of people who are not coming back to crowds anytime soon. Uh, I know Correct. a lot of people who are season ticket holders for Orlando City that won't step, won't set foot in the stadium right now, even though it's outside. Um, and uh, I can't say as I blame them because I have a, a good friend of mine right now who's dealing with 
COVID-19, even though he's fully vaccinated, he's had a breakthrough case that his uh, a family member has brought home to him, and he's uh, he's really struggled with it. So, um, yeah, it's I, I can't I can't blame anybody uh, for for wanting to avoid this. As long as people are still out there thinking that vaccinations and masks are bad, then we're not going to be through it. So um, I'm not going to get political because it's 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 a healthcare issue, not a political issue. But correct. Also, uh, when you argue with stupid people, there's no way to win that. There's no way to win that argument because they think they're right. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, look up the Dunning-Kruger effect, everybody, and then maybe that'll help you understand. All right. So, all right. What else do we have in the mailbag? We have uh, another one from Samuel Atkinson. Ah. Samuel Atkinson, since we have since we only have two games against teams below the playoff line, one of which is against the defending champs, and we are only four points clear of eighth place, at what point do we start to worry? I'm in no way saying fire, poppy, or moozy, but I am starting to worry. So at what point do we start to worry? Well, Samuel, you've already passed that point. Yeah, you're starting um, to worry. I think everybody has their own point. Um, I think there were people who were worried when Orlando lost to Atlanta. I know this because I saw it in my feed and, uh, right. and, and saw it in the responses. Um, I don't, I, I'm a, I'm old enough now to, uh, to where the, I don't worry unless it's until it's time to worry. And I don't think it's time to worry until you're actually below that line. Then I'll be concerned. Yeah. I'm, I'm not at the, you know, worried yet. I, I have concerns and I have, uh, things that I'm, I'm, wanting to happen things that I'm hopeful and things I'm looking for, but I'm not, I'm not worried yet. Uh, and, and, you know, I've given a lot of the reasons, you know, a lot of it has to do with, as he mentioned, you know, Oscar and, and, and Louise do exceptional job. We've mentioned that many times on the podcast. And I think we, we have a lot of players who care about playing uh, for this club. It's just uh, send Dr. Sharon Fieldstone in or something. I, I don't know. Somebody has got to get in there and remind them that football is life. Yeah, they need to go back and play on their five-a-side pitch in their local neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah. something. <laughs> um, and I also don't worry about teams that are below or above the line. I mean, at, at the time that Orlando City lost two games to the Red Bulls, they were above the line, but they've spent a lot of the season below the line. So it's a fluid thing. Philadelphia was above the line most of the season until being below the line on Sunday. So don't worry about where the line is in regards to Orlando City opponents. Only worry about where it is in regards to Orlando City. I think you'll be fine. Absolutely. Uh, let me see. Was there one more? I think so. I think David Victor came back for a second dip. Man. Second bite of the egg. So we, three different people sent two questions this week. Uh, so that's good. That's good. Well done, three musketeers. David Victor. Hello, Michael and Dave. Again, what are your thoughts on the League's Cup announcement and changes beginning in 2023? Do you like automatic qualifying for the Champions League? What, if anything, does this mean for the U.S. Open Cup? Thank you. Where to start with this one? Um, yeah, I was going to say, I know you have thoughts on this one. Let's start with the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, I don't think it means anything necessarily for the U.S. Open Cup. What it Soccer's answer to the question, why are there so many games, is to 
put more games out there. Soccer is always wanting to give you more games. Uh, Dave is on record of saying more soccer is good. I think there is a point where it's not good. And I well, think we're starting to reach that point because all these extra competitions, they're fine for European teams that have huge rosters and big payrolls. They're yeah. not fine for a more finite uh, and, and limited resource league like MLS. And when you start to try to fit in all these extra games, something has to give somewhere else. I don't think it's going to affect the U.S. Open Cup, but I think it's going to be a problem because you're going to be you're not going to have time off that you want in the off season. Because how can you? You have to start training camp earlier, and you have to go in the playoffs later because they're taking a month off for League's Cup. And I think that's ridiculous. Let's say you're, you you've won six games in a row, and now you're a, you're, you're going to spend a month playing in this other tournament. That's not great for your momentum in the league. And then the other part of that is my understanding is if you get knocked out of the league's cup in the first few games, then you're just sitting for a couple weeks. Yeah, look, I know why all of this happened. It's very very simple, and I've said it before. And the answer is money, 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 money. money. That's why. And that's why they that's why they come up with new competitions. That's why they try and play as many games as they can. That's why they do TV contracts. That's why they do all of it. And it's why I go to work and Michael goes to work and all kinds of people do all kinds of things. But in soccer, it starts, I mean, you can go as big as FIFA and the corruption and all the money things that go in there all the way down to a, you know, local team here in Tallahassee. Now, the local team here in Tallahassee, those guys are doing it for the love, but it takes money to do what they're doing. And they got to get sponsors and things like that. And you got to put a field, you know, product out on the field. So it doesn't matter what level it ta- it's, it's the money. So that's what's going on there. As far as whether I like it, Michael already mentioned all the problems that go along with this new competition affecting open cup. I no, I, I don't think it will. Um, you know, cause like I said, they want money. So they're going to keep, they're going to try and keep as many balls in the air as they can. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my answer. As for the Adam automatic qualifying for the champions league. I mean, if you win the league's cup, yeah, you should probably be in the champions league. Um, yeah. There's already automatic qualifying for the champions league from other, other mechanisms. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't have a problem with that. I just have a problem with the whole notion of shutting down two entire leagues for a month for this new competition because it's it's it really just seems like they want to merge the leagues. So just merge them already, and then you can yeah. have a then you can have a Liga MX conference and an, and an, a US slash Canada conference. And then you can do this thing at the end of the of the year called MLS Cup or whatever you're going to call it, and that can be, you know, your league's cup. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense than what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't seem like. I mean, the teams are the two leagues are playing with some different rules financially and that kind of thing, but it just it's like, how much integration do you need with Liga MX? You're already. Now you're you're inviting their all stars up to play your all stars in the all star game. And you're doing leagues cup. And you're doing uh, Campeones Cup, and I mean, 
it's too much. At some points, it becomes too much because you look at you look at the roster size, and you can't just do what Manchester United did today. And I'm not talking about losing like a bunch of idiots. I'm talking about the fact that they had ten changes right. from their game over the weekend. How are you doing that with if you're Orlando? You're not. That's the point. I mean, I guess your central midfielders are Raul Aguilera and David Loera. You're calling him back from Phoenix. I I don't know what you do. You don't have enough bodies, especially if you have injuries. But, um, you know, we we don't have a reserve league right now yet. It's just, I think it's too soon. I think, like Dave said, it's money-driven. Money should never be the deciding factor, especially when players' health is concerned. I mean, Orlando City. Can you imagine Orlando City had a month of other competitions in in the middle of this, on top of all the injuries they've had this year? I don't know. I think uh, if if it didn't matter as much, I almost <laughs> think that Oscar would tank that first one, get out of it, and then take that month to get everybody healthy. But, and that's why you see these teams in the EPL, Dave, um, play their kids in the Carabao Cup because they're like, so what if we get knocked out? If we don't, hey, the kids get some playing time, and if we do, eh, it's one less thing we got to get ready for. Yeah, it's a ton of seventeen and eighteen year olds. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I think I've we've talked enough about it. It's, it's, uh, it's they're doing it dumb. Yeah, it's too much. And I mean, you look at somebody like Daryl DK who went on loan in the off season. And how much wear and tear has been on his body over the last year? You look back to when Orlando City signed Nani on the heels of a European season, and then he came in and played a full MLS season. It's a lot to ask, and it doesn't seem to make any sense except for financially. And I know that both of these leagues would love to recover some of the income they lost from the pandemic. Yep. And I think you can kind of see why this is taking place. If you if you don't look very hard, you can see it. Just follow the money. All right. So that is our mailbag from the email box. I believe we didn't have any Twitter questions this week, which is fine because we had a ton of stuff in the email. Indeed. It was a little lopsided this week, but that's okay. <laughs> so, again, two ways you can ask us anything for next week. Get those questions in. You can hit us up on Twitter at... The Mainland is our Twitter account, and you can use the hashtag AskTMLPC. And then, of course, the other way is to email us like so many did this week. TheMainland at gmail.com is how you get us that way. Other thing you can do for us is to give us a star rating on iTunes and write us a review so more people can find us. And two of you have done that since our last show, and we will uh, we would like to call those out. A couple of five-star reviews. And the first of those came in from C York 73 and uh, five stars. It says happy belated birthday. Great Orlando soccer podcast short and sweet. And I appreciate the uh, belated birthday wishes. And also if those were also related to Dave's previous birthday, uh, a couple weeks prior, then uh, I thank you as well. Then he will thank you as well. Exactly. And then on Thursday, we got a a five-star review from, X-D-G-F-Y-H-V-D-E-Y-B-G-F-H-V-S-R-G-V. Really? You couldn't think of a name? You couldn't just come up with 
Bob 23 or something. You had to just <laughs> randomly type in letters. I apologize. Or, I apologize. Or, if this is your screen name for all of your devices and all of the things you do, then I apologize. But I have no idea how to pronounce this. So, If you could send that in phonetically, we would appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, the five stars and the entirety of the, 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 the headline is happy birthday and the body copy is to you. So, um, again, thank you uh, for the five-star review. I'm not sure if that's for me or for the podcast based on the review. <laughs> But you know they're, they're trying to teach us a lesson in being short and sweet. I guess so. Uh, that's something we're not capable of because we spent no. 32 minutes talking about two games that neither of us wanted to talk about. That's We have a problem. Yeah. All right. Speaking of problems, Orlando City, Dave, has a problem on Saturday. They have to go play on fake grass against a really good soccer team in the New England Revolution. Carlos Hill is back on the pitch. They've got Gustavo Bo. They've got they've got good players. Um, it's a good team, and they're very well coached. Uh, Bruce Arena knows this league very well. He knows these referees very well. He gets a lot of calls. So don't expect anything uh, different than what you've seen in the last few games, because you know, as we always say, pro gonna pro, and uh, pro been proing af the last few weeks. Let me tell you. <laughs> Yeah, they have. Uh, it's not just enough that you send players off. You also got to let people get elbowed in the face. Um, it's it's not great. It's not great. So uh, this is probably not going to be a, a, a well-officiated game. I haven't seen who the referee is yet. <sighs> it almost doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. I was going to say, it doesn't I, matter. I mean, I actually wasn't worried about the officiating that much when I saw it was Alan Kelly because he's kind of not been one of the worst uh, for Orlando City games, but then that happened. <laughs> way, way to step up, Kelly. Yeah, Schlegel's face would tell you that you you're, you're not good. You're not good. Yeah, um, your whole crew. And then you you know you have a TV monitor that you can go look and say, hey, oh yeah, he elbowed him in the face. I could probably uh, probably should send him off. But no, that did not happen. Well, don't, don't I understand. Think- I think he was told that it was an Orlando City player that got elbowed in the face. And so, mm-hmm. doesn't count. Doesn't count. Yeah. Don's still getting his uh, his money, too, because he got some fines for... Let me just say, nobody leaves the pitch in a timely manner. No one. I read these disciplinary reports every week, and it's basically everyone that gets sent off, it gets ends up getting fined. And why do they get fined, Dave? Because we have this thing called VAR. And they're so sure they're going to get exonerated, they don't go anywhere. And then when they don't get exonerated and they still have to leave, well, now they've they've not left in a timely manner, and now they've got to send in a fine, so they've got to pay, and so the, the Don Garber Retirement Fund grows even more. It's almost like it's about the money. I, I mean, I don't know for sure if Don has already paid in full for a yacht, or if that's just something that I've dreamed up. But I bet he has a yacht. Or is at least has, has a yacht commissioned. And it's going to be paid for entirely by Orlando City. That well, if if that's the case, it's probably already paid off. And now he's now he's yeah. just making additions. Yeah. He's just getting the fancier stereo. And putting all that the helipad stuff. on it. Yeah, yeah. All of that. The uh saltwater swimming pool. 
the you know, uh, the the yacht inside the yacht, heated floors. Well, <laughs> you know the whole nine yards. What's the, point, what's the point of having a yacht if you don't have the heated floors? I don't know. I don't know what the point of anything is anymore. Uh, at some point, the heat heat death of the universe will make all of this um, a moot point anyway. And I'm sure Garbo will figure out a way to make some money off of that. So enjoy Arby's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's not a sponsor, but if they would like to be a sponsor. I would love an Arby's sponsor. I mean, they wouldn't even have to give us money. Just give me some roast beef, man. man, Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Give us some coupons. Um, Anyway, the, yeah, the Lions are going to New England without Antonio Carlos. Who knows what players are even healthy enough to go? We won't know. Even if we talk to Oscar, even if he lets us on the pitch, even if he lets us get our own doctors to give medical exams to these players, we still won't know who's going to go and who's going to stay. But Dave, since there is a game, you might as well tell me what your key matchup and your score prediction is. Well... I was going to say you let into it when you were describing New England, but it's been a couple minutes since then. <laughs> but you talked about you talked about the amazing uh, players and offense that they have, and so for me, it's going to be whatever defensive players and whatever defensive uh, formation Oscar puts out there. Who those players are, like you said, we're not sure, but they're going to have to play above their heads. And Galese is going to have to stand on his head mm. if they're going to have any chance. So defense, defense, defense. I think coming off of with with the cards and the uh, and the injuries and all of that going on the road to New England, playing on plastic, it's it's all just too much. And I'm going to unfortunately predict another. 3-1 loss. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's, uh, for me, it's going to be the midfield stopping Carlos Hill. Okay. Uh, you might throw a, a Raul Aguilera out there, maybe with a revolver, a nice through and through in the shoulder. <laughs> you know, just, just enough right. to get him, not enough to kill him, just get him off no, the pitch. No. Um, yeah. That might help. Uh, I'm not condoning that. Um well. But as long as he's okay and can continue his career, I'm fine with it. <laughs> all we're saying is that it might be the most effective way of stopping. Yeah, it might be a way to do that. It's not probably the best way. I'm, you're bound to get a red card for that. Yes. Unless yeah, you do I, it I to an Orlando player, then you're fine, and then you're probably going to score a brace. Right. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, or even a hat trick. But um, Well, yeah, I mean, if you're going yeah. <laughs> It's stopping Carlos Hill. I mean, we already know the power of the Kyle Smith stomp. Maybe that's another way to go. Um, and that might only get a yellow. If you can take <laughs> I mean, he did it to his teammate, so he didn't even get a yellow card for that. Right. So, I mean, if he does it to the opponent, okay, let's give Kyle a yellow. Yeah. Take a yellow for the team, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't know uh, how the team will do this, but the team needs to stop Carlos Hill because he's he's sort of the, what makes New England go, although they still played well when he was out. So yeah. 
Um, it's not a it's it's not been a, a a friendly place for Orlando City to get points over the years, even when New England wasn't that good. Uh, so I'm not expecting a lot from this game. You went three one. I'm going to be like exceedingly stupidly optimistic and say two one loss for Orlando City instead of three one. Maybe they maybe this is the week that they start to get the defensive side put back together. I don't know if it is, but I would like to see it because. Um, as they said, what about Bob? Baby steps. Baby steps down the hall. Mm-hmm. Baby steps down the stairs. Yeah. That is very bright and sunny of you to predict a 2-1 loss, though. Yeah, and that's the first time that those words have ever been uttered. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's completely true. It is. I'm the voice of optimism this week. How about that? Wow. That's something that's something you never thought you'd see. All right, Dave. Uh, I think we've done all the damage we can do to the podcasting profession and to, uh, well... Our own mental health. Yeah, yeah. And and that of our listeners. We've inflicted enough damage on our listeners for one week. So, yeah, let's quit while we're behind. Uh, that will do it. Uh, you can follow Dave on Twitter at mainland Dave. Follow me at mainland Michael. And of course the site is at the mainland. Use the word the, it's gotta be in there. And main as M A N E as a lion's main. And, uh, like us on Facebook, read our stuff, the mainland.com, leave us a five star review and uh, all that good stuff and and we'll come back and we'll talk next week and we'll discuss whatever the hell happened in Foxborough. I'm we'll see who scored on, you know, which Lions scored on the Lions this week. We'll see which one got sent off. We'll see which two or three players got hurt. It's AstroTurf, it's bound to happen. We'll count out the yellow cards. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk about all that. We'll also talk about the pride. Pride going to the rain. Never know what will happen. Becky Burley has only lost one game so far. I'm going to knock it on wood there. Um, on part of the board. But, uh, yeah, it's not a, it's not the easiest place for them to go, not the easiest trip in the NWSL. So any point would be a great point uh, for that one. And uh, they just need to continue to finish the season strong because every point matters in this, uh, this uh, very tight NWSL playoff race. And um, you know they don't get to—they didn't get to play the spirit when the spirit were uh, running rampant with COVID and forfeiting games left and right. So they have to actually earn their points on the field. Uh, they could have used some of that for goal differential. Those are those forfeits are three nothing. Man, that'd be nice. You get credit for a three nothing win when the other team forfeits. And the last time they played the spirit, they had a one nothing lead and lost two one. Yeah. A three nothing win would be better than that. Yeah, yes, it would. It's a better result, as we mentioned. Can't have things, let alone nice things. <laughs> so we'll talk about both of those, and we'll get ready for the trip to Nashville. Not my trip. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, but no. next week is a double game week, Dave. Nashville and DC United, just Yay. a couple days apart, because I think. The league just wants every player's body to explode. Every player on Orlando City's body is just going to explode, and every molecule will fire away from their body at the speed of light, 
and that's that's how the heat death of the universe actually happens. <laughs> it's right. caused so, by it's caused by the MLS schedule. So if you guys have something to do, you better do it before then. <sighs> that's gonna suck, man. Because I mean, I will have seen Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen's uh, band on October first, but I've got tickets to see Alice Cooper and Ace Fraley. I've got tickets to see the Monkees. I want to see some shows, man. Well, at least they're waiting until after my grandfather's 100th birthday. So yeah. that's nice of them. Yeah. Okie doke. Uh, that'll do it. Thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. We'll be back next week, like it or not. And uh, there's nothing left to do, but we always do at the end. Which is say, go city, go pride. Sorry, I meant to be more enthusiastic there. Oh well.